When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all the Lord your God will call. And from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So uh, late last year, we went through... Uh, a sermon series on Christian practices and I don't know if you remember but Michael covered baptism and he took us through three main points. Firstly that baptism is the new covenant sacrament and a sacrament as an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace or put it more simply a physical manifestation of a spiritual truth and the new covenant of course is the, the new covenant of Christ that we are saved by faith in him and that we can know God through him. Uh, secondly, baptism is a sign. There's nothing magical about it. it. In and of itself, it doesn't cleanse you from sin. It's an outward expression of a saving faith. And it shows you believe the gospel message of salvation, and you're telling the world in a way, in the way Jesus said to tell them. And uh, Michael gave us that great analogy of the, the, the wedding ring. And uh, anyone can put any ring on their finger, but it doesn't mean they're married, right? There's a whole bunch of other stuff that make the, the ring mean something. And finally, the third point, baptism is for everyone who believes Jesus died for their sins and wants to follow him as Saviour and Lord. So today, um, we're going to look at another aspect of baptism, um, which gives me a lot, a lot better grasp on what baptism the essence of baptism really is and that's unity with Christ so many of us have uh, grown up thinking that the main point of baptism is that it's a public declaration of an individual wanting to stand for Jesus and there's nothing wrong with that I, that's what I thought for many years up until quite recently um, but the thing is the Bible doesn't appear to ever link baptism with a public proclamation or declaration of an individual's faith you think about it. Think about Jesus' baptism. He was baptized by John. And who did the public declaration? God the Father, right? You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, there's no record of Jesus actually saying anything in that moment. So um, what about the Ethiopian eunuch on the, on, in, the, in Acts? So he's on the, on the way and, and Philip comes alongside him. And they come across some water, and, the, and the, the, the eunuch says to Philip, what's stopping me from being baptized now? And Philip said nothing. So they go down, and, the, and he baptizes them. Again, there's no record of a public declaration of, of faith. And the same with Saul, when, when he got, you know, he met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he was blinded, and he couldn't see, and then Ananias came along. Again, there's no... Um, indication that there was a public declaration of faith 
And the same with the Philippian jailer. It just says this, the Philippian jailer and all his household believed and they were baptised. So what am I saying? Is a public declaration of faith in Jesus not important? Not at all. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is it's not the main thing. And I always thought it was the main thing. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So just be clear about that. So another uh, surprising fact when you think about it is that the Bible doesn't offer commands or instructions about how we baptise, when we baptise, where we baptise, or even who we baptise. Jesus just told us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And yes, we know that um, Jesus' baptism in the Jordan was full immersion um, by John. Um, but the interesting thing is when you look at the Greek word for baptism, it's used in many instances where full immersion isn't involved. And for example, in Luke 11, and this is partly where, again, the, the English translation loses a bit. Uh, in Luke 11, um, Jesus doesn't ceremonially wash his hands before a meal. And the Pharisees criticize him for not um, baptizing his hands. Right? And you remember the ceremony? It was a two-handed cup. And you had to start with, I think, a particular hand. You had to pour the water over one hand and then take the cup and pour it over the other. Not full immersion, right? And that, the word in, in the Greek is, is baptize. And the, the word baptize has a range of meanings. So it can mean immerse or plunge. It can mean to wash or dip. And it has a sense of being overwhelmed by water. So the people of Israel were baptized, as it were, um, in, in the Red Sea. But they weren't fully immersed. It's interesting. And it's also used in many ways. So, for example, Jesus speaks of his death being a baptism. Uh, and you remember that really strange saying that we covered not so long ago in Mark chapter 10, 38, where he says to James and John, Can you drink the, the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Quite a little, you know, quite a, um, a mouthful. And he's not talking about being immersed in water. He's talking about the cross and the suffering that he would go through. So baptism is... Is a sign of uh, is a, a sign outward sign of being baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said. It's the uh, it reflects the inward and spiritual reality of being spiritually united in Jesus with God, and we see that in a number of places. So we have, for example, the promise of both John the Baptist and Jesus, who said that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever wondered what that means? Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to receive the Holy Spirit, to have him dwell within us, to be united, right? So baptism of the Holy Spirit is when we receive the Holy Spirit and we become united with the Holy Spirit. The language of unity with Jesus and baptism is set out in 1 Corinthians 12 that we just read. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
So baptism is a sign of being united to Jesus and therefore united to his people. It's more than just an individual declaring their faith. Is that starting to become clear? And, and this is what makes sense of the other references and descriptions of baptism we see. So in Galatians 3 speaks of being clothed with Jesus in baptism. So, and, and this is what it says. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So it doesn't get much closer than your clothes, right? You're in, you're in your clothes. You're united with your clothes, as it were. So notice again the language of being baptized into Jesus, that union and relationship language. And baptism also symbolizes washing away of sins. Paul was converted by a vision of Jesus on the Damascus Road, as we've discussed. And God sent a man called Ananias to him. And uh, Ananias said to Paul, Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So there's some of the language that baptism is used. And it's not the act of baptism that saves us, as though some water and the right words give us eternal life. That would be salvation by works, right? No, baptism saves us because it points to the unity we have with Jesus who saves us. Jesus who died to take upon himself our sinfulness, our guilt, our dirtiness. And he brings us into relationship with him that we might have his cleanliness. And another big image the Bible uses for baptism, and I've probably never really got my head around this to be honest, is that of dying and being made alive with Christ. But again, it's pointing to unity in his death. So in Colossians 2, we read, Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And, yet, and we can see it again in, in Romans 6, where Paul is arguing against those who say, Okay, awesome, I'm saved, I can just go, go on sinning and do whatever I want. And so the apostle says, well, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of God the Father, we too may live a new life. So again, notice the union with Jesus, the joining with him, which is central, and the particular thing which baptism symbolizes about this is dying with him and being raised with him. And it's also to remember that this, these sacraments, the outward invisible signs, they don't save us. Baptism, taking communion, these things don't make God happy with us. Without the internal realities, they don't mean anything. My, um, my niece uh, is uh, training to be a, a doctor and she's in uh, Tanzania now. In fact, my, my brother and sister-in-law have just got back. But one of the things we're worried about, because if you're a, a white woman in Africa, you're fair game. You, uh, you get offered many offers of marriage, many offers of camels and donkeys and whatever. And we, we were thinking, how can, we, how, can, <laughs> how can Hannah stop herself from being bombarded like that? So she was going to put a ring on her ring finger. And she can just go, but she's not married, right? So the ring in itself 
doesn't mean anything. But it can appear to mean something, right? So without the internal reality, without the commitment in the, in the public ceremony, we make promises without that commitment, without the signing of the legal documents, doesn't mean much. Speaking of which, it's our seventh wedding anniversary today. So hard to believe it. <laughs> it's gone so fast. So, fortunately, this one, this ring, means something. It means a lot. So just as wearing a wedding ring when you're not married doesn't mean anything, we must be careful that we don't place too much emphasis on the sacraments, the outward and visible signs, and miss what they point to. We trust that God is the one who unites us with Christ. God is the one who does the work of raising the dead and washing the dirty. So we trust that he's the one that's done that for us. It's, our, it's the faith that's important. Now some people feel unworthy of baptism. And sometimes we can even feel unworthy of communion. We think I'm such a mess, I'm so guilty, I'm so dirty, I'm so dead. But that's exactly the point. For baptism is not about us showing that we're worthy of Jesus or that we're living a good life or that we're ready to make a stand for him. It's a sign that he has done everything for us. And we're coming under him. And given what the New Testament says about baptism, we can see that baptism isn't just for the individual who repents and believes. Baptism is for the church. It's a sign of entry into Jesus, into his body, into his people. And this is why, it's, even, though we, even though a public declaration might not be the most important thing about baptism, it's great to do it in the body of Christ, together. That's why we come together today, to baptise John. So baptism is something which God's people have and which continually reminds us that we are joined to him and to each other. And that we the dead are made alive, the unclean have been washed, and the many have been united to Christ. We baptize and we therefore keep on telling ourselves who we are. So as we baptize John today, remind yourself who you are. You're a child of God. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. You've been made whole. You've been raised from the dead. You're now seated with Christ and God. You've been forgiven all your sins, your past, your present, your future sins. And there's nothing stopping you from going right into the presence of God with confidence. And that's the wonderful thing about our faith. And there's one more point to make. So the act of baptism points to something else, something beyond the act itself, and it is this which our faith and confidence is in. Baptism points to Jesus. It points to the fact that he has raised me to life. He has cleansed me, he has saved me, and joined me to himself and his people. He did it for me, and I am with him. And this is why the church from the earliest days after the apostles have only baptized people once. We say in the creed, there's one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Why is that? Well, because when Jesus um, joined us to himself and when he, in faith, when he died, he only did it once. He didn't do it multiple times, right? Jesus died once for the sins of the world. And therefore, as because baptism is, is a symbol of that, as a sacrament of that sign, it's only done once too. And this was another important point. You know, you, you might not, if you were baptized as an infant, you might not remember that. But it doesn't matter. 
Because baptism only points to the reality. Right? So that's why, uh, especially in the Anglican Church, you make a big deal that baptism is once. It doesn't, remember if we, uh, it doesn't matter if we remember our baptism or, or what we feel about our baptism or what we intended by our baptism. What matters is what baptism points to, God showing us grace in Christ. So today we've seen that the essence of baptism is unity with Christ, unity with the Holy Spirit, unity with the body of Christ, the church, unity with God the Father, unity through being clothed with Jesus, unity by being washed clean by what he's done, unity through his death and resurrection. Now this is the spiritual reality that baptism points us to, our unity with and in Jesus. And this is the important point about baptism. This is the essence. And um, this is the, the thing that's kind of crystallized in my mind uh, recently. So today, as we baptize John and think about our own baptisms, the most important thing to remember is that together we look to Jesus. He is the one who saves. He is the one who washes. He is the one who cleanses. He is the one that raises us from the dead. And once he has done that, we are his, and we belong to him now and forever.